Episode 94 for February 2010. The Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast is sponsored by MailOrderComics.com. They have discounts that will put money back in your pocket in these tough economic times. Their discounts start at 38 and they go all the way up to 75% off the cover price of new comics and trade paperbacks. A new Spider Spotlight book this month is Amazing Spider-Man number 628. The cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for $1.49, which is 50% off the cover. So surf on over to mailordercomics.com and tell them the crawlspace sent you. Spidey? You were expecting Tom Cruise? See the guy running off on the gas with the children's Welcome back, Crawl Space Webheads. Let's get right to it and introduce our panel. We have Michael Bailey, a reviewer on the SpidermanCrawlspace.com and also a podcaster of his own right with the views from the Long Box Show. Welcome, Michael. Hey, I am full of red lobster and happiness. <laughs> and, and you just cracked open a Diet Mountain Dew, my best. And I just cracked open a Diet Mountain Dew. I thought it was required drinking for being on the yes. podcast. When we drink, we drink Diet Mountain Dew. Are you all prepared for Valentine's Day, Mr. Bailey? Uh, we uh, That's actually where why we went to Red Lobster today. Nice. Did you get we, the cheesy bread? Oh, the, the garlic uh, Cheddar Bay biscuits yes. that are made of 16 different kinds of awesome? Yes. <laughs> and we have JR from SpideyKicksButt.com. JR, any big plans for Valentine's Day? You're going to put on a little Barry White, get the green light from the missus? I'm going to be about as romantic as a middle-aged man who's been married for 20 years and is graying badly. Oh. Will be. So, you got a little bit more gray hair lately or something? I've got a lot more gray hair. Oh. So, And as far as what I, I am drinking being a middle-aged man, I just got just downed a yummy glass of Metamucil. Oh, so, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh. You're only 40-what? How old are you, JR? 40-what? 46. You're not that old. My gosh. All right. Yes, I am. <laughs> uh, <all> right. <laughs> Someone who is barely 16, 26, uh, or 16, is Zach from uh, SpideyDude.com. <laughs> what are you, playing football? <laughs> I don't know. 24, 36, 20, Zach, here you 69. Uh, Zach, popping <laughs> those daily updates on the SpideyDude.com. Very good. Yeah, we got the, uh, we got the daily updates going. We got the, uh, lost pages from the Revelation Street paperback up online. So, yeah. Uh, instead of, Having to scourge the internet, I uh, I uh, decided you know to finally post them on Spider.com. So I'm I'm, uh, I'm enjoying it as well, and got a lot of good comments on it too. Awesome. And we have Ke- uh, Stella. I almost did Kevin, but in my notes it says Stella. So I'm doing ladies first. Kevin. Wow. We have- <laughs> oh, that's why that's why Zach got to go before me. Huh? I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> uh, Stella from the Batgirl to Oracle podcast, and also a reviewer of Spider Woman on the front page of the Crawl Space. Welcome, Stella. Thank you. And you know, to quote SNL, um, you know, for Valentine's Day tomorrow, people, sex can wait, masturbate. So. Oh. <laughs> oh my lord. All right. She's also has a sex ed podcast, which will be up shortly. Well, uh-huh, I said up. Uh, <laughs> 
Well, I know what toy she's getting for Valentine's oh, Day. Oh, oh. 12-inch Scarlet Spider sold. Starting this one off at an Kevin Cushing, call. as you hear right there, the writer of the Spider-Man Crawl Space webcomic, and also administrator of our popular message board, and he likes to ban people as much as I do. So welcome, Kevin. <laughs> if you're a dumbass and insult the board, you're done, son. Yep, that is our motto. If you don't want to be here, goodbye. Yes, thank you. All right, gang, we got the whole panel, so thank you for taking time. We're doing this one late. We're doing this uh, 7 o'clock on a Saturday, the day before Valentine's Day. So thank you all for taking some time to talk spider with me in the evening. 8 o'clock for most of us, I think. Yeah. For, first uh, topic that uh, hit, actually, the day after we recorded the January podcast uh, is that the Spider-Man movies is, are getting rebooted. They're going back to high school. Uh, allegedly, the director is really fond of the ultimate uh, Spider-Man comic by Mr. Bendis and Mr. Bagley, and they're going young. They're looking at 16, 17-year-old kids to play Peter Parker and Mary Jane and Tobey Maguire and Sam Raimi and Kirsten Dunst are done. So, who should we hit up first? Uh... I always like Jr. Jr. What do you right <laughs> off the top? What do you think of this? You want to go back to high school again? Well, I, I actually think it's a good thing. Um, I think that uh, the uh, previous uh, cast and crew had kind of worn out their welcome um, I, for various reasons. I, you know, I mean, we're, we're going to go through this pretty quickly. I mean, Toby was getting too old. We couldn't stand Kirsten. They didn't have a story. Um, I, I mean, I think it's a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, and the budget was getting out of control too. I mean, the third movie was 250 million and, you know, what was this going to be? 300 million? I mean, it's, at, at some time it becomes almost impossible to make any money. So, no, I, I think it's definitely a good thing, both from the, uh, from a financial, uh, aspect and from, uh, just, uh, get it doing something new and having, uh, new types of stories. But do you think it's too soon to reboot it? I mean, it's not even, uh, well, it'll be exactly 10 years on the dot. Uh, when the first one came out in 2002. No, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, it, it, 2002, you know, the Spider-Man, that's always going to seem like yesterday to me because I've seen the darn thing so many times yeah, on the DVD. So it's always going to seem, it's always going to seem fresh. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, no, I don't think, I don't think, I don't think it's too soon for any good Spider-Man stories as long yeah. as these are good stories. Right. Uh, and I think, um, I mean, I, I think they're going in the right, I, I do think they're going in the right direction. <clears throat> Stella, what do you think of the reboot? <clears throat> well, I hate reboots. Um, probably everyone knows that I hate them. Um, basically, when you can remember all the details from the other movies because they've happened that short a period ago, I think it's ridiculous to reboot it. But I kind of almost see this movie not as a reboot, but just like as a completely different direction, taking it like different. If it is Ultimate Universe, then I see it as like the Spider-Man that we know, Tobey Maguire, is going to be completely different from this one. So as long as it's a good story, they get good casting, and I enjoy it, um, hopefully it'll be a good thing. Mr. Bailey? Uh, I agree with uh, Jr. I, I'm of the opinion that by the third one, Toby looked like he was just completely and utterly did not want to be there. Uh, it's one of the things about the film that I didn't like. You know, we had you know it was five years between the Hulk, uh, re- uh, the the Ang Lee Hulk, and the uh, Louis Leterrier Hulk. So that that's not actually too much time when you really think about it in the grand scheme of things. Uh, so 10 years 
or I guess it would be what five years? Yeah, it would be exactly five years since right. uh, yep. since Spider Man Three. Spider Man Three put a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. You know, like it or hate it, uh, I liked parts of it, but I disliked a lot of it, including as again as Jr. mentioned, I freaking hated Kirsten Dunst from the first movie. So. I'm pretty happy that they're going in a new direction. I'm pretty happy that they're doing it in 3D. Uh, I, I think uh, there are two comic book characters that need to take advantage of uh, 3D in terms of movies, and Spider-Man is definitely one of them. So I'm happy with it. I'm looking forward to it. Superman number two? Yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, that. Uh, did anyone here see that uh, Disney A Christmas Carol? No. There was this, the scene where the ghost of Christmas past takes uh, Scrooge to the past. They're whipping through London and going between buildings and such. Mm-hmm. And the first thing I thought of is Spider-Man and Superman swinging through the city or flying through the city. This is what we need to see. So, yeah. Did you see Avatar yet in 3D? I have no interest in seeing Avatar, <laughs> actually. <laughs> I equated. I rather would have... Um, the colors pop on the screen as opposed to 3D. But anyway, that's a whole different topic. We can talk about 3D later. Uh, Kevin, what do you think of uh, the reboot, sir? I keep going back and forth on it, honestly. Uh, on the one hand, you know, it, we're at a place where anything could happen. We don't know who's going to be the actors. We don't know... Uh, we don't really know even what story they're going to use, who are going to be the villains. So... Yeah. Anything might happen, it might be great, it might suck. But then, you know, the other part of me says, it really might suck. Um, high school movies don't yeah. tend to really appeal to me. But uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm going to just try to be optimistic and see what happens. Do you think it was time to go in a different direction, or do you think they had another fourth movie in them? I think Sam Raimi intended to do one more movie, so they should have let him do one more movie. I mean, it's not yeah. like he was going to go up to number six anymore. He wanted to do just one. So I would have liked to have seen it and just cap that off before we reboot. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and Zach, what do you think, sir? Well, uh, <clears throat> this could be really, really good, or this could be complete and utter crap. Like most, <laughs> mo- like most things in life. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean... They can either do this really well, or it, it can be a complete disaster. And, and uh, you risk—they you, run the risk of alienating the, uh, the built-in audience that they have, as well as the audiences that they gain through the Sam Raimi movies. So we'll see what happens. I hope it's a successful reboot like Batman Begins. But um, you know, until I see the cast and see a trailer, I'm not going. I'm, I'm really not going to uh, hold out. Yeah. Uh, along with the same lines, well, you know, I'll give my two cents. I think uh, I wanted another movie. I liked Tobey Maguire and I liked Kristen Dunst, and I had interest in seeing um, the Vulture played by, oh, what the hell's his name? John Malkovich. John Malkovich. I think that would have been fun. I think it would have been fun to have Anne Hathaway or someone as the Black Cat and the Vulture. I think that would have made a fun movie. But uh, as long as they avoid the origin story, which I think no one wants to see, I think they could do it like they did with the Incredible Hulk reboot, uh, maybe in a flashback in the credits, for the lone person that doesn't know how he got bit by a spider. So the movie can stand by itself. But yeah, uh, I, I, the best thing about this is that the fact that I don't have to see any more Houston Dunst. <laughs> I really got tired of her. Yeah, I, 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 a lot I of people I'm, did. Yeah, I mean, I've... I made that case many times on this podcast before, but goddamn. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh. Now, uh, another aspect that's been going around the interwebs, and I've posted a few pictures of these people up on our front page, uh, spider casting. Uh, some people that have been rumored to be auditioning for the role of Spider-Man or Peter Parker is Zac Efron. Uh, we also have Logan Lehman, who I've never heard of until this new movie with the uh, uh, Lord of the Rings director. I can't think of his name at the moment. Kit has come out. And we also have Robert Pattinson, who <laughs> played – Stella is already upset about that. <laughs> who, did he play Edward? Is that who he plays? Yeah, yeah, the vampire, A.K. Yeah. Who, who do you like of those three? And, and, Stella, <laughs> go ahead. Um, and by the way, uh, you were talking about the mo- Percy Jackson and the Olympians. That's what you're talking yes, about, I assume, yes. with Logan. Um, of those three, I would go with Logan. Yeah. Um, I've liked him ever since. He was even younger than he is now and on Jackie. Oh, wait, what was it? Something and Bobby. Now I don't even remember what it's Jack called. Jack and Bobby. Oh. Okay, there you go. Jack and Bobby. Definitely and like, he show. has legitimate acting skills. Good. Yeah. I mean, the, um, the other two is like this boy toy image, and you're going to bring all these screaming girls in, and it's fine to like, maybe they'll go into the comic books, but they'll like have no respect for the actual franchise. They will only care about, oh my gosh, it's Rob Pattinson, oh my gosh, it's the guy from High School Musical, and they'll have no idea what's going on. So if there are screaming girls when I go see the midnight showing, like when I do at Twilight, I will, I will hurt somebody. I'll cut somebody, <laughs> as I like to say. Would you, oh. of those three, Stella, do you think it's better to go with an unknown or go with Logan? Um, I think if, 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 if it was between Logan and unknown, um, well, we know what Logan is like, so I would kind of go with him, but unknowns, I kind of like doing that because the name doesn't make the movie. Yeah. It's like and the movie that makes the movie. And so. then hire a bigger name villain or, or a right. You know, one thing that's not been addressed, I think if they do recast this movie, there's one person that should not be recast, which is J. Jonah Jameson. I think Amen. it should, I think it should oh, be yeah, like yeah. him in, uh, 007. Yeah. Keep the, the perfect, perf- the person that's perfect for the role. Yeah. Uh, Bailey, Zach Efron, Logan Lehman, or Robert Pattinson? Uh, I'll take D, uh, <laughs> none of the, no, seriously, <laughs> I, I think Stella's got a point. You know, yeah. it, you know, Zach Efron, I, I haven't seen any of the high school musicals because I'm over 30, and that would be creepy. So <laughs> I, I just it, – it's just not my thing. Uh, Robert Pattinson, you know, he's – he isn't isn't like Twilight – the New Moon his second film? Yeah, uh, I guess. I don't know. Uh, I actually – and Stella disagreed with me on this uh, sternly, if I remember on the Facebook <laughs> that I made. Uh, <laughs> There's a show that – there's a show on Disney called Wizards of Waverly Place, mm-hmm. and the oldest son on that show, his name is David Henry, and my wife looked at me and said he would make a good Peter Parker. And my wife really doesn't care about comics at all, except for the abuse she has suffered under my hands of things that she knows that she really doesn't want to know <laughs> about comic books. And, and But uh, he's got, like, the geeky thing going down. He's got some good acting chops, and I, I'm... I think he would be a good choice for it. I just Googled him and um, remember to put an EY on that because otherwise it pulls up some muscle men. My goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I, I th- he, uh, he's got uh, dark hair, kind of a goofy-looking little kid. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think <laughs> isn't he... That, I, isn't that Peter Parker? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, that's perfect. It, the thing is, uh, Efron and Pattinson are pretty boys, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, he, yeah. He's not the everyman. Like, we can't relate to what Zac Efron's life is like, I don't think. 
and him playing God, playing it wow. down, I don't know. Zach, what do you think, sir? Those three guys. Well, the only the only good thing about Zach Efron is that he shares my name, but he spells it fucking wrong. So, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, this, this I, I'm with I'm with Bailey D. None of the above. None of the above at all. Yeah. Uh, I uh, <laughs> anybody out there that you like over those three? I really can't think of any. I, I just want somebody that that. Is not only can do the Peter Parker part well, yeah. which is important, obviously, but I really want to see a smart aleck Spider-Man. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I want to see that, and that's that that we have not seen that with Toby, and Toby never could pull that off. Um, mm-hmm. I want the best of both worlds, if you will. Uh, Jr., those three guys, who would you cast? <laughs> God, obviously none of the above. Yeah. Um, Spider-Man, I mean, and, and I'm not going to say anything particularly original because everybody's hit the nail on the head. Spider-Man's a dork. Peter Parker's a dork. I mean, he should be a dorky kid. Uh, Tobey Maguire was not a pretty boy. Uh, mm-hmm. The studio originally wanted Heath Ledger. Thank God Ledger didn't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that would have been a disastrous choice. Uh, and the, but the thing I really want to see is I want to see a teenage kid play Spider-Man. I don't want to yeah. see another 20-something actor playing a teenage kid. I want to see a gawky, uh, nervous, <laughs> ungainly, awkward teenage kid as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. But the realities of movie making and uh, just and of course in the you know the studio's you know bizarre attitude, uh, we probably won't get that. But um, you know obviously I mean I I'd, I'd be I'd rather go for an unknown, frankly, someone who's who has no following uh, who girls aren't going to scream at, like uh, like Stella suggested, mm-hmm. uh, and you know, so, because the story is not about oh, oh, it's the actor as Spider-Man. No, the story is about Spider-Man. However, so, after this kid, this unknown or whoever it's going to be, then the kids will, st- the women will still swoon. I think. What do you think? Then that's fine. Then that's yeah. fine because the base has already been established. You've already established, yeah. you know, the the storyline. You've already established yeah. the character and stuff. Uh, and you know, yeah, they can scream at their heart's content afterwards. But let's <laughs> let's get the let's yeah. get the story right. All right, the reins have been given to Kevin Cushing. Who does Kevin Cushing hire? Uh, none of the three. Good God! <laughs> I, just from what I've seen of them in previews, I haven't seen any indication that any of them can act, which is of course quite a problem. Um, but yeah, everybody else is right. I mean, Peter Parker is a really hard part to cast because yeah. most of the choices I've seen are either way too completely geeky or way too just superhero and you need somebody that can do both and I admit I can't come up with who that is I have no idea uh, who would be the best casting for this but I do have a very definite idea that none of these three guys is it and Zach wants to see smart Alec uh, Spider-Man what do you want to see Kevin you want web shooters Uh, I don't give a crap uh, (laughs) where his webs come from honestly that's that's so secondary (laughs) <laughs> uh, you know, if it, if it works for the story No, I'm kidding, I don't want to see him come out of his ass um, I think the most important part of Peter Parker really is just range It's going to be somebody that can get that sincerity uh, Along with that sort of awkwardness But then in the costume, more of the the joking confidence You know, there's there's a lot to Peter Parker that somebody has to pull off So you need an actor with some real range on that and I haven't seen this Logan kid act or been in anything. Stella, can he pull off Smart Alec? Oh, I don't know if he can pull. Uh, I, I think I'd have to see Percy Jackson and the Olympians because it seems like he's sort of one of those um, bad kids in school. So I think, 
you'd probably get um, any idea from there. But Jack and Bobby, he was kind of a serious character, so I'm not sure. All right. Well, we'll uh, probably follow this for the next two years, gang. So we'll probably have a spider movie topic for the next few podcasts. Uh, moving on to another topic. Uh, I found this uh, online and just posted on my main page. Back on May 4th, 2007, uh, Robert Key Erna, uh, who is a big Spider-Man fan, and his uh, bride, Lindsay Bartholomew, they dressed up, or at least the groom dressed up, in a Spider-Man outfit. And got married in the movie theater, and uh, after the reception was over, they went and saw Spider-Man 3, and in the uh, the vows, the Lindsay said, face it, Tiger, you hit the jackpot. And as I said in the post, Mephisto was not invited. Is this going too far? Is is uh, dressing up in a Spider-Man outfit to get married too far? Mr. Bailey, you first. Um, you know, if it's something they want to do... That's fine. I kind of look at that as the freak show, personally. Yeah. There's there's a documentary out there about these people that dress up as comic book heroes and hang around Grauman's Chinese Theater. <laughs> really? Uh, called Confessions of a Superhero, and the guy who dresses up as Superman in that actually got married in his costume in Metropolis under the big statue, at which point I went, wow, that guy's a dork. Um <laughs> You know, I, my, my initial reaction to this was, wow, I hope the the, the actual marriage goes better than that movie. Uh, because uh, <laughs> you know, getting married before Spider-Man 3, you're taking your, your life in your hands. But you know what? If that's if that's how they want to express themselves, you know, as long as they're not forcing it upon other people and as long as they're not hurting anybody, why not? Yeah. I'm just saying I, I, I'm not asking for it to be illegal or anything like that. I'm just saying good taste. Is this good taste? Uh, as long as he's not, like, severely obese and looks bad in the costume, no. <laughs> no, I've got a picture. He looks all right. Um, JR, what would happen if you showed up on your wedding date in a Spider-Man outfit? <laughs> well, I'm sure that security would have taken me away, uh, <laughs> which probably, you know, you know, looking at it in the long run, maybe that wouldn't have been such a bad thing. Aww. But uh, anyway, um, you know, I... I am being a, you know, I mean, I've, I've not been a Star Trek fan, obviously, most of my life, and I have a real hard time passing judgment on people who are, are geeky. Uh, I'm reminded of a time, you know, 20 years ago, my mother and I went to see James Doohan, uh at a at a show, and um, it was he was a first Trek celebrity that we'd met. We we were in line waiting to get his autograph, and we saw you know women sitting on his lap and gushing and laughing, and we just stood and said, "Oh God, those people are being ridiculous. They're being we're not going to act like that." Well, when we got up there and met him, guess what happened? We completely geeked out just like everybody else. Yeah. So um, you know, I you know, I don't care if this dude wants to get married to Spider Man and his old lady's fine with it. I mean, <laughs> more power to him. Now, uh, we got to go back to Scotty, the Scotty story. Were, were the women just sitting on his lap flirting with him and stuff like this? Well, he was actually, they, they were sitting on his lap and having their picture taken with him. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, my mother was thinking that they were for, they were making him do that. You know, they wanted to sit on his lap. She thought that was, she thought that was too forward. Oh, okay. Uh, That's but funny. then she got up there and he asked her if she wanted to and she plopped right down and did it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and James you know, said, I'm giving it all she's got, Captain. And, you know? And I'm, <laughs> you know, 
and I and I've just got this, you know, and I get my picture taken with him, and I I can barely conceal just the biggest smile on my face, you know, and 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 you know we walked off we walked off the stage, and we were both laughing. I mean, we were yeah. we were like uh, we were like on a high. I mean, we just met, awesome. met our we met our first Star Trek personality. Um, and we were, you know, and part of that was too, was this was just after my, her mother had died. So this was a big pick me up for her. Mm. Uh, but you know, we, we didn't remember what we were doing for the next 30 seconds to a minute. So I, you know, like I said, I, I have a hard time passing judgment on people, but, uh, but no, I, I would not show up anywhere official. I mean, <laughs> I, I'd like, I, I like the real world to be, I, I like to be in my, my real world identity in the real world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, what I did at my wedding is I had a Spider-Man groom's cake. I mean, there, there's, a, I think there's a line when you can put your hobby into, I don't uh, know, I don't know what I'm uh, saying. On our wedding DVD, we yeah. have the people doing it. He put a montage of moments from the wedding uh, over mm-hmm. the Superman love theme from the first film. Oh. So th- there's a way oh. to do it, and it looked good. Rachel yeah. just, Rachel just said no that we can't make that our dance. <laughs> I was sad, but whatever, you know. What, what's it, it, the Superman love theme? Is that when he's flying in the sky with Lois? Yeah, just sans you, that. that do you that hear terrible. what I hear? Do, do you hear what I hear? No, <laughs> wait, but that's awesome. uh, Can You that's, Read My Mind. Oh, Can You Read My Mind. That's The other one's a Christmas song, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Sorry. I mean, the, the wedding is for the woman, and the, the wedding yeah. is for the woman, the woman's mother, the woman's mother's mother, and the woman's friends. So. What about the dude? <laughs> And now, the dude, the dude is up there to say his line and then get off the stage. I, uh, I, I got a groom's cake and I was pretty happy with that. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kev, you dressing up like Spidey or Morbius at your wedding? <laughs> uh, no. Uh, when we, the administrators of SpidermanCrawlspace.com and the co-hosts of the Spider-Man Crawlspace podcast are looking at you sideways for how into Spidey you are. <laughs> need help. Um, it's not any worse than the guys that are dressing up as stormtroopers in Las Vegas for their weddings, but that's not exactly a compliment. It's not any worse than that. I mean, wow. it's it's ridiculous and it's silly on one level, and on the other level, you know, if you actually do want to think seriously, marriage really is kind of an important thing, and an important commitment, an important moment between you and your wife. Spider-Man doesn't really belong there. If you want to have a cake at the reception, cool. But the actual ceremony, you know, leave your toys at home. Yeah. Well, we can get into the whole debate that people don't really take marriage seriously with the divorce rate so high, too. Yeah, but hopefully that's not what you're thinking about when you're actually getting married. True. True. <laughs> Stella, you dressing up like uh, a <laughs> on your wedding day? You know, there are things that could be a lot worse. Like if they got married and they were in furry costumes, and oh god, no! You know, I recently no. found out what furries were, and like a piece of my childhood just sort of shattered to the floor. Um, you know, as long as they were okay with it, I, I guess I see no problem with it. I obviously wouldn't do it, but you know, it's it's to each his own. That's really all you can say. Yeah. You you plan to have any comic stuff in your wedding at all? Like I I mixed in um uh, the groom's cake like I said earlier. Right. Um I I don't know if comic things would be the first that I go uh go to. I joke with my friend that maybe um the what is it the party before the reception or something it'd be some sort of theme like gone the, gone with the wind and see if people you know show up in all these southern style clothing but I, I don't know if it would be comic related. Yeah, Zach's uh, scarlet spider hoodies at your wedding. No hoodies <laughs> at my wedding. 
First of all, like JR said, I'm there to say my line, maybe get my cake, and that's all I'm going to be involved in probably. Um, You're saving it for later in the night, right? I know. <laughs> Are you, wait, is he saving his 12-inch Scarlet Spider for later in the night? Oh, jeez. He's got to Somebody take had to say it. Come on. Yeah, I knew that was coming. I took the bullet for everybody. I hope you're happy. Thanks. Can you read my mind, <laughs> Bailey? <laughs> I see a middle finger. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, Zach, is this too far with the hobby, or is this just is this okay? Hey, man, it, it, it's pretty hardcore, but uh, yeah. if you if you if you got a wife that's willing to be patient, like uh, certain somebody's wife, I don't I don't know who we're talking about there. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, if he if he's willing to do it and she's willing to have it, it's that's fine. It's it's something. It's, it's like it's no different than the uh, people that came in with that weird funky dance to their wedding. You know, you know what I'm talking about? It's oh, that YouTube. was awesome. That that uh, I saw that YouTube clip. It was awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's just unique. And if this person that got married as Spider-Man uh, listens to the show, hop on the message boards and and talk to us because you're a bigger Spider fan than all the whole room here. Uh, <laughs> moving on to another topic, uh, this, I posted this up on uh, January 19th. Uh, the Activision CEO who makes the Spider-Man video games, uh, Mr. Bobby Kotick, Kotick, I think, is that how you say it. Uh, he was interviewed by a gaming magazine called Gaming Informer, and he says, quote, Our Spider-Man games have sucked for the last five years. Uh, they were bad games. They were poorly rated because they were bad games. We went away, from, we went away from what is Spider-Man. It's about web-slinging. If you don't do web-slinging, what is the fantasy of Spider-Man? So, Stella, you're our biggest gamer on the board, I think. What do you think of uh, the CEO coming out and saying he put out a bad product for five years in a row? Well, I think it's a little extreme. I mean, yeah. sure, there have been some recent sort of toilet items, but, um, I mean, like, Spider-Man 2 is probably one of the best uh, free-roam games of its time, and I think even when you look at infamous, you know, infamous creators actually go back and say, you know, they kind of got this idea from Spider-Man 2, and I was a fan of Ultimate Spider-Man. I thought that that did well. Um, well. So, yes, recently they haven't been too good, um, but I don't think the whole line was was terrible. So I guess if he has such a poor view of everything, then everything that he produces from here on out should probably be spectacular. So yeah. I guess we'll see. Well, I, I think he's throwing out the baby with the bathwater. I think there's some duds, and I think there's some studs, kind of like our podcast. Uh, oh, <laughs> wow. That was smooth, Brad. Well, that's, I'm really like impressed. That? You like yeah, that? that was good. I'm, just, I'm, I'm giving you guys shit. Uh, no, no, I, I think uh, Friend or Foe was extremely weak, and I thought uh, Spider-Man 3 was extremely Not extremely weak. I enjoyed it because I'm a geek and I like Spider-Man, but it wasn't near as good as Web of Shadows or Spider-Man 2 or Ultimate Spider-Man, like you said, Stella. So, What do you want in a Spider-Man game, Stella, by the way? What, what makes a good game, I think? Um, I think... Something, you know, I like how Ultimate Alliance, um, well, the first one, gave you a lot of options. So, you you know, one option would affect something later, you know, down the road. I did enjoy that sort of aspect. Um, I do think it needs to be free roam where you can look, you know, you can go all over New York City. I think it needs to have good voice acting because we both, or we all know, I guess, me, you, and uh, Zach, that uh, the voice cast for Spider-Man on Web of Shadows is terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it just needs to have good storyline and good characters. And, yeah. and I say sticking to the uh, the comics works better than being limited by a movie. 
Yeah. Yeah. Zach, what uh, do you think, buddy? Well, I mean, okay, you think of, when you look at it this way, I mean, you have Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man and Friends, Ultimate Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man 3, Spider-Man Friend or Foe, and Web of Shadows. And also Battle of New York, but that was like a DS game. Um, of those, Spider-Man 3 was really, like you say, was weak. Friend or Foe was really weak. Um, Ultimate Spider-Man was fun, but it was, I mean, it, it, it's really a kitty game, you know. Hmm. You know, I, I mean, it was fun, but it's it's not a it's not as good as Spider-Man Two. Um, certainly was wasn't as good as it. What I view as its predecessor, um, Spider-Man, uh, the from the uh, the PS One game and the PC uh, game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think I thought that was far superior to that one. But uh, Web of Shadows had great gameplay, but horrid voice acting. Uh, yeah. The only one that actually sounded like to me sounded like the character was Wolverine. Even mm-hmm. that, it was like kind of gratuitous anyway. <laughs> yeah, the whole Wolverine yeah. thing. But uh, yeah, other than that, the, the voice acting was pretty damn awful. So. Jer, Jer, what do you think of the boss coming out and saying we suck? Who does that? Well, well, you know, I I um I have to uh, defer to an expert on the subject. Uh, in <laughs> fact, uh, let me let me try something here. With Spencer. Spencer. Spencer, dude, the Spider-Man video games suck. No. Okay. What Spider-Man games have been your favorite? Uh, Spider-Man Web Shadows, Spider-Man 3, and uh, Spider-Man 2. Okay, now why did you like Spider-Man Web of Shadows so much? Uh, because I, cause Venom, is ba- Venom is in the game, and Venom turns the whole city with symbiotes everywhere. Uh-huh. Oh, you like symbiotes, huh? Yeah. You like Venom, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think is the worst game? What game didn't you like as good as you like the others? Oh, uh, Spider-Man 1, because you can't get on the ground. You can't get on the ground. What's that mean? Well, you can only be on buildings. That's it. Oh, I see what you're saying. You like to run in the streets and beat up people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for your opinion, Spencer. <laughs> JR, uh, I have okay, to tell the you. The old man's back. That was one of the cutest things we've ever done. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I speak for everybody when I say, "Oh, that's awesome!" That's awesome. Well, I, yeah. I, okay, thanks. I, I I just thought I would try something. He's he's kind of wanted to to oh. say something, you know, because he see. I mean, he's in here playing games with mm-hmm. me, and you know, and uh, he said, "Boy, Dad, I'd like to do something sometime." And I said, mm-hmm. "Okay, I'll I'll get you on." So oh. when we talk about video games, so we're going to talk about marriage next. So get your wife ready, okay? <laughs> <laughs> She is out of the building. Oh, she, she and my daughter are at a school function. So. <laughs> uh, let's see. Mr. Bailey, I know you just are a recent video gamer with uh, the Wii. Have you ever played any Spidey games? I absolutely love the first PlayStation game. Okay. Yeah. That was uh, the one cool. where you go around and collect comics and you can, you can you can have the black suit or the Captain Universe suit. I just – and I'm not – I've never really been a big gamer, but I played the heck out of that. I'll take it out every once in a while. And, and just try to go through it again. But you know, I have to, I have to actually commend this guy mm-hmm. because you know, a lot of heads of studios and, and entertainment companies will not come out and say, you know what, we've sucked. We got to do better. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, to me, it's really cool that he goes, look, I know you guys haven't been happy with it. We haven't been happy with it. We're going to try to do better. Right. And that fosters more goodwill than just spin control. So yeah. that's my basic opinion on it. All right. Kev, I know you're not a gamer, but what do you think of uh, the boss coming out and saying we suck? Um, 
I, I, I'm torn on it uh, because I think it's kind of unprofessional, um, especially to his subordinates. You know, I know there's a lot of people that say they would like to hear something like this in comic books where <laughs> the editor comes out and apologizes for stuff being crap. But in the end, uh, you're, you're saying that the people you've worked with sucked, and that's just... It's not professional. It's not really good for you. It's not that good for business. Um, so I don't. I don't think it was a great move, and it sounds like he wasn't exactly right either, from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Uh, moving on. I hit everybody up, didn't I? I think I yeah. did. Okay, cool. Moving on to uh, a busty topic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sideshow collectibles. Who brought you the infamous uh, Mary Jane bent over doing laundry uh, statue? Has also. Uh, decided to put out a Black Cat legendary <laughs> scale bust, and uh, it looks like it's going to be 200 bucks. It's going to ship uh, in the third quarter of 2010, and it's basically Felicia, and you know, of course, she's uh, very busty in the uh, the bust. And and uh, they put an apple beside her in the picture to show how big the bust is. So, <laughs> in more ways than one. So, uh, who buys stuff like this? Uh, Bailey, you, you hit this one up. I, who buys this? There are people that like to buy the statues and the busts. Uh, you know, do I think this is gratuitous? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I'm the guy that constantly rails against Ed Benet's artwork <laughs> and, and the fact that he has women, you know, flashing their tatas and their behinds, you know, to the camera any chance he gets. Right. Uh, you know, if somebody wants to spend a inordinate amount of money on something like this, well, you know, that that's their 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 decision to do so. I just don't see spending this much money on something like this. Mm-hmm. I really don't. I mean, I, I've got better things to do with my cash, apparently. I mean, if you've got, a, like, a spider shrine, and I've got a spider shrine, but... I, I can't blow 200 bucks on that thing. And I'd be embarrassed because your eyes in the spider shrine would be instantly drawn to that, wouldn't it? I mean... A little bit, yeah. Yeah, I mean... yeah. Oh, look, it's spider... Whoa, tits. <laughs> that's the reenactment of people coming over to the spider shrine. I mean... <laughs> still, Ooh, and you gotta think, Go ahead, Bailey. And you got to think, you know, Brad and I are married. JR is married. How, you know, how is your wife going to feel about you having that in there? That's basically like putting, like, a poster of a Maxim model in your Exactly, exactly. Let's get the female perspective. Stella, what do you think of this bust? Boy, I I really want to buy it, you know? You You kidding me? Kidding me? Did you just use my quote, you know what I'm saying? Is that what you just did? (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then right after that, I'm going to get some enlargements, some enhancements, if you will. Maybe some Botox. No. Okay. Um, I thought and I was going to get an apple. Get <laughs> apple. Yeah. More like a melon so I can compare them. <laughs> yeah, um, no, in all seriousness, um, I, I would not get this. Um, for $200, that's ridiculous. Um, especially because, yeah, I, I don't really want to look at a grown woman's tatas to begin with. If it were Batgirl, she probably wouldn't have um, such a large chest, and I would almost consider it, but still, I two hundred dollars is no way, no. Who does who does buy this, Stella? Who because it'll sell out, I guarantee it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, well, probably guys that will take my advice at the very beginning of the podcast. Um, I'm not gonna reissue what that is if you're still wondering. <laughs> <laughs> 
finding people who are big fans, I guess, of Black Cat, and they like women, women, uh, feminine figures. Um, I guess they're gonna get that. Or people who are diehard, even more diehard than you and I, who will get anything and everything that comes out that Spider Man will probably throw in some cash for that. Yeah. Strange. Uh, Zach, who buys us? Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, man. Oh, God. He's not even here to oh, be laughed at. I mean, that's really? terrible. 200 bones for this? I mean, 200 dollars. No, I, I, he, he wouldn't pay 200 bones. I, I, I just said <laughs> You have to say bones. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and the podcast disintegrates. Um, you know, I, that was the first name I thought of. So, um, You know, I really I, I understand. I mean... I guess, I guess guys that that tend to get probably the same guys that got the Mary Jane statue are gonna get this. I, yeah. I just I don't know. Yeah, Kev, you buying this thing? No, um, I have to wonder who the target is when I am a single lonely male comic book fan and I have no interest in buying this piece of crap. <laughs> Um, you can take a lot of women out for 200 bucks, can't you? I would hope so. Uh, <laughs> but uh, although, on the other hand, it is not the fault of the people making this thing that she is extremely cleavagey. I mean, there have been quite a few comic book-related busts of different characters that are all very expensive. It just happens that they made one of Black Cat, and it's really the comic artist's fault that she's incredibly busty and the girls are just hanging out there. So I don't really completely blame them, but still, uh, no. Mm. JR, who buys it? Nobody that I know. Exactly. <laughs> uh, right now, uh, outside, there, I have a deck. And yeah. right now, there's probably about 18 inches of snow on it. If I came home with this thing, both it and me would be sleeping out there in the 18 <laughs> inches of snow on the deck. Um, I, you know, th- this is the thing I've, this is what well, I, and I've complained about this many times. This is the, uh, the paradox that always gets me is Marvel has, you know, always talks about wanting to appeal to a younger audience. You know, Peter was too old, marriage aged him, being a teacher aged him, blah, blah, blah. And then they come out with this kind of crap that, <laughs> Yeah. You know, one, a kid isn't going to spend their money on this. I mean, they're no. going to spend, if they have 200 bucks, they're going to spend it on a video game system. I mean, you know, and, and if, frankly, if a kid did buy this, I'd be a little bit worried about him. Um, I, I don't know. I really don't know who buys this crap. I really don't. Uh, and, uh, I, you know, I wouldn't spend $200 on a bust of the Green Goblin. I mean, so, well, no, no, I wouldn't. Uh, but, not, even, uh, not even the Alex Ross Green Goblin? That one's cool. Oh, that's cool. I, I know, I know. I've seen it and I've and, I, and I've salivated over it. Yeah. But uh, at, at at this time in my life, <laughs> with all the bills I got, <laughs> there is no way in hell I could justify that. Yeah. I I, I just don't get it. I, I mean, I don't know who. If you're listening to this show, come to the message board. Say, you know what? I bought this by God, and I'm proud of it. And post it up there, and we'll talk to you. Hell, I'll interview you on the podcast. All right, that's an open invitation if you bought this thing. 
All right, moving on to our reviews. I think that takes up all of the regular news that we're going to talk about. We're also going to talk about uh, reviews of Amazing Spider-Man number 617 to 619. We're hitting up issue 617 first. That one has four different covers. Did anybody get the just the plain white cover? Hopefully not. The one with the crack? Yeah, the one with the the wall crack, not the butt crack. Yes. (laughs) Wow. I was thinking of the other type of crack, Brad, but okay. Oh, well, <laughs> there's more cracks in there. No, 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 I'm talking about the the rhino coming through the wall, etc. So anyway, this one's written by Mr. Kelly, Mr. Fumara, and uh, penciled by Mr. Puldo. So uh, we're going to do a pro, we're going to do a con, and a, a, a grade on these. So, JR, we'll hit you up first. Are you? Hopefully you don't have to stay on the deck tonight, so let's hit you up with the review. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Oh, well, I'll make this one pretty quick. Um, I didn't think this was a bad story, but, you know, I I, I don't have any interest in stories about rehabilitated villains. Uh, We did this this gig with the Sandman several years ago, then he went and he came back again. You know, Rhino, I mean, he's got this too-good-to-be-true wife. You know, oh, she's just so adorable, she's just so cute. You know, where can I get a woman like that, you know? Um, I just... (laughs) It was okay, uh, yeah. but, you know, again, I mean, and, and the Rhino's being portrayed as a lot more intelligent than he has been in the past. Yes. Um, it, it, it just absolutely, there, there was nothing in it that appealed to me. Uh, my big con, though, is Nora. Mm-hmm. I mean, I used to like Nora. I, I always thought that a ditzy girl would be good for Spider-Man, but, you know, for Peter because he's so serious. But is there any adult woman who does and talks like Nora does. I mean, licking some guy's face in po- at the, in the workplace, and then just the, and then just the thing she says. I mean, just I, I remember how bad Mary Jane's dialogue was in the '60s. You know, I mean, and you could ch- chalk that up to you know a middle-aged man not having a clue how teenagers talk. You know, but it was Stan. But this is this is unforgivable. I mean, this is mm-hmm. just utterly ridiculous. This character who had a lot of potential is just absolutely being ruined. Uh, by people who don't know how to write her. And the thing that gets me is like, it looks like the writers are determined to give Peter a choice of women as long as they are either stupid, skanky, or psychotic. So <laughs> I, I just, I don't get it. Yeah, what's your grade, sir? C minus. Okay. Uh, Stella, what's your, your uh, pros and cons? 617. You know, for the first time in a very long time, I thought Michelle acted like a human being. Wow. Um, With so... a shotgun? <laughs> Well, you know, shotgun aside, she was actually talking to him and not, like, making threats. Uh, she came in because she was concerned because he was screaming and, you know, she didn't know why. And then, you know, even when she told him to stay away on New Year's, it wasn't like, or I'll shove your hand down the garbage disposal, you know, that kind of thing. So I thought, actually, she was kind of a character this time. Um, my con is that, you know, these one issue arcs are sort of jarring and we view with more questions than answers and you're not really sure how they tie into the gauntlet, though I guess this one's a little more, um, obvious than other ones, but it's just sort of not shedding enough light for me, um, as if it were keeping a nice flow. Um, I think I would give it a B or a B minus. It's sort of on that line. You know, we just keep pushing towards the gauntlet one slow step at a time and, this time, at least, I thought that the redeemed supervillain story was uh, more powerful than the Electro one or the anti-venom that we've seen before. So I thought it was better in that way. Kevin, 617, sir. Pro-con grade. 
I loved it. Uh, if I have to narrow it down to just one pro, I would easily say that this is the first time I've given a crap about the Rhino. I thought he did a <laughs> great job with uh, particularly the original Rhino, and the backup story was fantastic. Uh, the one con I would give, um, I'm sure Joe Kelly isn't a racist, but he's sure doing his best to make us think he is. Uh, not only is he the one that made the had Nora making the equal opportunity racist comments several issues ago, but this issue starts off with a uh, guy making a bunch of racist comments to an Asian woman. It's like, oh, ho, isn't it funny? He's racist. Why is that funny? And why does Joe Kelly keep making the racist comments? I don't know. It bothers me. Uh, that's a big con. But overall, I give this issue an A. Uh, it was great. Cool. Uh, Zach, what's your pro-con, sir? Pro, um, this is probably by far the strongest Joe Kelly book I've read concerning Spider-Man. So... Uh, the writing was pretty solid. I've actually liked the Rhino in this, and uh, but my fear is is that they're going the, <laughs> they're going to go back to the old well of Rhino is going to be uh, same old Rhino Rhino after this this group of writers leaves. I don't think this is going to be a lasting story just because I, I guess that's me being a little jaded. Um, but you know this is actually this ties well really well into the Gauntlet. I I, I liked the writing uh, with the Gauntlet parts, even though. Uh, because the other past two story arcs have felt really disconjointed, um, especially the Sandman arc, and so I uh, that's a good that's a big pro on my part. And my my, my, my big con is is um, you know is Nora, <laughs> yeah. the whole licking him in the face. It's like who licks people in the face? First of all, if anybody, <laughs> I mean, if 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 uh, Kevin went up to Stella and and Whoa. Kevin licked her in the face, Kevin. <laughs> Kevin licked her face. I mean, yeah. she would like kick him in the junk or something. You know, uh, it's not the first time I've actually been licked in the face. Oh, really? Wait, whoa, yeah, whoa, whoa, whoa! For sure. Set that story up. What happened? <laughs> um, it was actually one of my uh, my my drama teacher. Um, a teacher? Oh, what? Wait a minute! Yeah. A teacher licked you in the face? Yeah, if you're not watching, she will attack. So it's more oh, like wow. a punishment is, boy, rather than you know. Got hot. <laughs> you need to keep it. Keep it in your pants. Get a bust. <laughs> oh, oh my, my god! Well, my god. Well, okay, well, set it up. What did you do? I mean, she. Good job, Lick. <laughs> it's it's more of a punishment, you know. Oh, gross! Yeah. Oh my god! Somebody needs to see the sexual harassment panda. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh. I, I totally lost track where the hell we were. Uh, Zach, what was your grade? I'm going to give this a solid B. Okay, got you. Uh, Kev, your grade? And oh shit, we did that. The lickings threw me off. Bailey. <laughs> um, I, I surprisingly, I really liked this issue. Yeah, I, I was shocked. Uh, my, my pro would be that. Um, I really liked the characterization of the Rhino, both in the main story and in the backup story. It was one of the few times where I liked the backup story. My con would be, this felt like a really good one-and-done character piece that was shoehorned into the gauntlet. Mm. I mean, you, you, you could have had the other Rhino just coming in and tearing things up just because. You know, it, it would have worked just the same that he was trying to make a name for himself, and the whole gauntlet thing could have been left out. But everyone pretty much picked up on all of my problems with it, uh, you know, especially the, the licking thing. That just 
that that strikes me as a man in his late early uh, late thirties and early forties going, wouldn't it be cool if a cute girl licked me in the face at work and you know, just just bug the crap out of me? You know, I, no, I, I give it I give it an A by the way. Yeah. The thing that no one hit up in their reviews, I thought, is we paid an extra dollar for this book. Was that worth it? I mean, yeah. Well, if it's a good backup, it's worth it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if the backwards, if the backup's absolute crap, then yeah, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna feel a little gypped that I paid an extra buck for it. Yeah, Jr., are you upset you paid an extra buck for this thing, for that uh, backup? No, no. Like I said, I, I mean, I didn't really care for it because you know, again, all oh, again, she's sweet, she's helping him reform. But no, I mean, it was relevant to the story. It wasn't like some of those Spider-Man annuals you'd buy in the past that would be mm-hmm. half about Spider-Man and then two backup stories about other characters <laughs> Marvel's trying to spin into their own books. Right. So you know, so no, I didn't mind because it was it was relevant to the uh, the main story that had been told. Right. Uh, I'll give this one a B plus. I thought uh, the pro was the great humanization of the Rhino. I thought the best line in the whole book was, "quote For her, I can do anything. I can even be a coward." I thought I it was like in forty years, the Rhino hasn't had this good a characterization or humanization. Uh, the con, like everyone else said, licking of the cheek. I was also kind of disappointed. With the jarring artwork, this is the one thing that happens when we have three Spider-Man books a month. Uh, there's no five-year run of John Romita Jr. There's no Mark Bagley run. There's three issues, new, new team. Three issues, new team. This one, if they put it in a trade paperback, is just going to look funky. You know, you're going to have Marcos Martin. You're going to have this Rhino art. You're going to have the Sandman arc. Just, there's no flow. There's it's chop 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 chop, so B plus out of me mainly because of the humanization. Go ahead, Kev. It's not going to look as funky as uh, Eric Canet though, is it? Uh, oh uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's some funk, man. That's, that's some funk. <laughs> feel the seventies funk flow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Amazing six eighteen. We've got uh, Marcos Martin, Dan Slott back doing a Mysterio art. What Mysterio it is? Ask Kevin Smith. Uh, <laughs> Zach, no, what do you think, buddy? Well, this, uh, you know, I was really kind of left cold with this arc mm-hmm. overall. But um, the first issue was pretty strong. You you get you kind of get uh, a little bit of a backstory, some new new details with Mister Negative, which the only person that's ever used Mister Negative is pretty much Slot. <laughs> um, yeah, that's true for good reason. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, the whole Aunt May finds out he's Mr. Negative was kind of a good development. Uh, Silvermane seeing him was good. Um, Beck really doesn't appear till the last issue, and I really don't care about Ray Cooper, so that's my that's my con. Uh, what was your grade? Um, solid, solid B. Yeah, that's and your last one was a B too, so two Bs out of you, right? Yeah, and. I'll hit JR up next, but JR, do we know why Quentin Beck's back? I know there was a Mysterio limited series by DeFalco, but I'm kind of lost. Didn't he shoot himself in the head like Craven? Uh, yeah. Yes, yes. We okay. don't, uh, and, and I've read 620. We don't know why Beck's back, but this is a character where, I mean, I don't care why he's back, and okay. I don't care how he's back, because he's Mysterio, he's the master of illusion, and he's always messing with you. So I mean I think it's it's I think it's relevant to the character if they just if they don't explain it you know Spider in in six twenty Spidey does ask the question but Beck doesn't give him a good answer so uh, but but no the Mysterio Manifesto which you're referring actually was a very disappointing miniseries uh, because instead of really giving us concrete answers it 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 it, it, it 
I don't know why DeFalco decided to go that way. Rather than give some answers and wrap things up, he just decided to make <laughs> it even more vague than it already was. Mm-hmm. So, um, so no, that was. Uh, but no, we don't know why Beck's back. Yeah. Jer, what's your grade pro con for this one? Well, you know, I, I'm probably because I've, I've been reading Mr. Bailey's uh, uh, reviews of this arc, and uh, I'm, I'm probably going to be going against the grain. I like this one. In fact, mm-hmm. it's probably the the one I've liked the most since American Son. Now, obviously, that has to be taken in a relative context because <laughs> we've had some pretty awful stories uh, since then. You know, 605 and uh, the Black Cat story, notwithstanding, uh, you know, uh, as a, you know, for example. I like the fact Pro Mysterio's back, uh, the original Mysterio's back. I like that. I like the I like uh, going back to the organized crime thing. Uh, I like to see go- a bunch of Goombas get slapped around and beat up, and, you know, <laughs> cut up and and you know, and then there's Mysterio back there cackling, you know, away, just you know, yeah. pulling everybody's strings. So I and, and I actually I'm not big on the uh, I, I, I'm not big on the whole Carly Cooper thing, but. You know, I, I, I love mysteries and I love, I love, you know, cliffhangers, you know, as long as they're wrapped up relatively soon. And this had one. So I'm, I'm kind of getting what I like out of a Spider-Man story, um, or part of it at least. Uh, I, and I actually even liked Aunt May's turn to the dark side. I loved, I really liked when she told Peter off at the end. <laughs> I really yeah. thought that was great. The <laughs> problem is knowing, knowing Marvel, They'll string it out too long. They won't, you know, that, that's something that needs, cause she, she repeatedly does it in the next two issues that follows. This needs to be wrapped up real quick because it's going to start getting. Yeah. As far as, okay, I didn't give my con, uh, my con is, my con is Carly's hair. Uh, (laughs) I I don't, I don't understand why, why women like to bob their hair. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, Bob is a guy who was in my wedding. He's not a <laughs> You know, I mean, give me the ni- the 1980s big hair that has to, a whole can of hairspray has to be used to hold it down. Yeah. You know, that's the kind of hair I like. Uh, so I didn't like Carly's hair and, <laughs> And I'm and I'm tired of Mr. Jameson Senior now. Oh look, he's this. He has all this money because he's this wonderful, famous writer under a pseudonym. Ah, you know. <laughs> it's his secret identity, though. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that, is, isn't that just clever? Oh, I yes. But I gave I gave the story a, a solid B. I, I I liked it. Okay, Kev, what's your two cents, buddy? Um, I've got too many cons to name, um, but to be fair, I've never really liked Spider-Man's uh, mob gang type arcs. It's never been my thing, so this one was kind of doomed to begin with. Uh, if I had to pick one, my biggest con would probably be Dark Aunt May, for the love of crap. Uh, that's almost as bad as Golden Oldie, for God's sake. Um, <laughs> Stop screwing with Aunt May, basically. And I mean that literally, too, because we've had that as well. Um, My pro would be... Pretty Art? (laughs) No, I'm not that big a fan of Marcos Martin. Um, I don't think he's bad. I just don't really like his style that much, honestly. It's just a personal taste. Uh, If I had to have a pro, I guess it would be that... Uh, You have no pros. Deadpool and New Black Cat didn't appear. That, that is <laughs> so I would give this one, I'll give it a C. It wasn't terrible, it just didn't really do anything for me. Mr. Bailey? Uh, pro would be that uh, I kind of dig the Spider-Man gang stories. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is the strongest example of one. 
but I kind of like it when he gets really, really street level. Uh, Khan would be, I, I'm, I'm going with the whole, hey, uh, you know, let's make, let's have Aunt May, you know, even before she was taken over by Mr. Negative, let's have Aunt May be all like, oh, Peter, he's such a silly boy. Let's be scared of his driving yeah. because it makes me hate Aunt May. Uh, I wrote in my review that the only times I have liked Aunt May is when JMS or um, what was his name? John Martinez. Yeah. yeah. Demetrius. Demetrius. You know, when they actually took her out of the either I'm going to die if you blow on me (laughs) or the oh, Peter, I'm so disappointed. The only thing really keeping me from enjoying, like, the the black costume arc is that all we get is Aunt May giving Peter shit, excuse me, sorry, about not being in grad school and and her boyfriend. You know, like, I just wanted him to pitch over the wheelchair with Nathan in it, and it's the same thing here. Yeah. I mean, we got a really nice scene with with Jay and Peter where, where he finds out Jay's secret identity, and I thought that was endearing, but... You know, oh, Aunt May's acting bitchy. Who, who, who gives? Yeah. So, grade on this one, buddy. Grade on this one would be a C minus. Okay. Stella, what's your grade? Pro and con. Um, you know, my kind of pro, I think, would be the Aunt May thing. I thought that was a complete twist, and uh, I'm wondering, you know, how they'll run with it. Um, and if it gets Peter off his uh, keister, I guess it'll yeah. be a job well done. Uh, Con-wise, um, I think, or I guess when I was reading, I thought, uh, bringing back all those family members uh, from the dead, I couldn't really uh, tell at that time whether it was ingenuity, like it was a really smart idea, or it was just a cop-out. Like, we have nothing else to do with this uh, gang story. We're going to bring a bunch of guys back from the dead. So I, mm-hmm. I guess we'll find out later. Um, I think I would give it a B. Uh, right now I'm really interested in Carly's story. Um and I guess just wondering whether Mysterio has anything to do with the gauntlet at all or is just one of those random things along the way. And yeah. if, if I may, I would like to address the big hair thing. <laughs> <laughs> now, you may like to look at big hair, JR, but having big hair is such an issue. It gets everywhere. It's really hard to wash. It's just very annoying. The weather, it soaks up moisture. <laughs> so it really is nice to have shorter hair. My wife says the same thing. She cut her hair short. Uh, and, uh, per- I mean, I, I look at our engagement picture, and she's just got this big, long, flowing hair. And, you know, I just sigh for the old, you know, and miss the good old days. <laughs> but, uh, you know, yeah, I, I, but I know. I know. Women That's women complain about it. So What, where, where women could hide weapons in their hair? <laughs> <laughs> I can shiv you. Um. <laughs> <laughs> What's your grade, Stella? Uh, a B. Okay. Uh, I'll give mine a B minus. I thought the uh, art was awesome for the pro. I love that uh, splash panel where Spider-Man's hopping all around the casino, throwing the uh, the roulette table or whatever it was he was throwing. I also love the dark Aunt May, and I love the quote that she gave to Peter. And I'm going to have Mr. Bailey in his Aunt May impression, read this, <laughs> read this line right there. Mr. Bailey, can you read that like Aunt May for me? Uh, okay. <clears throat> Man, how should I, which Aunt May should I use? The sexy, pissed grandma. 
or the sex kitten, uh, oh, Grandma, who just got a lot on their honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> a whole new meal ticket for you to leech off of. God forbid you take us somewhere nice or that you have two pennies to rub together or finish one thing that you've started. What are you this week? A photographer? A teacher driving some hack? The years I've wasted on you, I'll tell you what you are. One big disappointment. Yes, yes. I love, when, when that line was in the book, I was like, whoa, Granny's off a rocker. Man, I was just. <laughs> or her meds. Or her meds. <laughs> I couldn't get over that. Maybe she took too much Viagra, took the wrong pills. I don't know. Uh, her, her throat was kind of stiff. Uh, but, and, I'm sorry. Whoa. Whoa. You are gross. Wow. You are gross. I feel, oh, I'm dirty, laughing. dirty. Oh, you know, I tried to put him down the toilet, but I couldn't get the bowl down or the lid down. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Where am I going with this? I don't, I know. don't know. You and need that, to steer away from it, though. And that was my pro, uh, my con. Uh, I don't give a crap about any of these gangsters. I don't give a crap about Carly's dad. Um, I don't give a crap about 50 million soprano wannabe guys that uh, Mysterio brought back from the dead. I care about Spider-Man. And these gangsters will be gone in one issue. I guarantee it. We will never see any of these gangsters come back. So I thought it was a wasted opportunity. Kind of like the Viagra jokes. Uh, 619. <laughs> uh, Zach, we'll hit you up, buddy. Okay. 619 had probably one of the most, the worst, uh, it was a pretty looking cover, but Beautiful. not for an all ages, not for an all ages book, man. I just, I just, I, okay. When, I, I don't know, I just, it, it just, there's too much blood. I'm not a blood and guts guy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just not. Have you but, read Siege Number 2 yet? Uh, yeah, I read Siege Number 2 and I was like, oh my god. Yeah. Okay, hush right there. <laughs> uh, but, um, another, one of the things that, that, uh, I liked about this issue, I, I, I like the artwork throughout this arc, uh, but my favorite line was, um, Mr. Canelli, I am Mysterio. I always plan for Spider-Man. Yeah, you know that was that was good. Um, the whole Peter punches a dude and kills him. I'm sorry, that should never fucking happen. Fuck what happened? You know, kind of, I, kind of what you just did. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, it just it just he punching a guy and and killing him. I don't care if it is Mysterio arc and he's not really dead. That shouldn't just that should never happen. Yeah. Um, the cop. That's that's my big pro. The cop. Mm-hmm. The freaking chick cop that you have that's supposed to be Gene Daly Wolf's, like, clone. <laughs> or friend, or, yeah. Clone. It's like, okay, as if we don't have already enough people saying, hmm, this all seems familiar. Let's throw in the female cop that is really good buddies with Spider-Man, because <laughs> we've never seen that before. Oh, no. They even mentioned the person that we've seen it before with. I'm like, I don't. So geez. I haven't heard a pro yet. I've heard like three cons. What's your pro? Okay, okay, my pro. Yeah. The art. The art. Okay. The art. What's your grade? Uh, this is a C minus. JR pro con grade. Uh, well, 
you know, like I said, I, uh, you know, I've liked this story. Uh, my pro, uh, I'm going <laughs> to take a completely 180 degree turn is I liked, uh, the, the, uh, female, uh, detective Wantanabe or, or whatever, whatever the name is. Sounds like the name of that actor who was playing the fake Ra's al Ghul in Batman Begins, but anyway. <laughs> it actually uh, is the exact same name. It's Watanabe. Yeah. Is it really? <laughs> wow. And you even pronounced it right. Uh, hey, Stella, speaking of pronunciations, what is that D-E-U-S-E-X-M-A-C-H-I-N-A, Deus Ex Machina? Oh, Deus Ex Machina, yeah. Okay, thank you. I, I just, I, I was floored when you did that. I just said, oh, that's how it's pronounced. So anyway, <laughs> uh, back, to the the story, back to the story at hand. Uh, I, I, like, I actually did like the female cop because what I am tired of is – you know, Spider-Man has been around for years. Anytime anybody's accused him of anything, he's always gotten off, you know, uh, ooh, uh, figuratively, not literally. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and finally we've got somebody that says, you know, I don't believe any of that bull crap. You know, Spider-Man does not kill. I know he doesn't kill, and I know something funny is going on here. Yeah. You know, uh, A smart because, cop. uh, you know, because, you know, we had that whole stupid Spider-Man, tra- Spider-Tracer killer arc where the cops were trying to frame him. And, you know, I, I, I just don't like that. I mean, I, I don't like that. And uh, I'm glad that somebody actually spoke with some common sense. Yep. Uh, and, and, and Spider-Man needs allies on the police force. I like it. When, I liked part of, you know, part of Roger Stern's old run on Spectacular where he would run into like different precinct captains, you know, and they would all have a different opinion of him. I, I like that. I, I like his interaction with the police and I like him to have relationships both pro and con. And it gets very old if everybody is against Spider-Man. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I also like the cameos by Gene DeWolf and George Stacy because I'm a big continuity fanboy whore. Uh, <laughs> my, my- <laughs> My only, my only real con is a dramatic, you know, there's a dramatic moment at the end where Mysterio, you know, where, you know, Spider-Man unmasks somebody and it, 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 and it, you know, it's George Stacy. How did Mysterio know that George Stacy would set Spider-Man off like that? The, to me, that was, that was real weak because there's no reason that anybody, I mean, we know why seeing George Stacy would do that. We know that the impression that George Stacy was a dirty cop would make Spider-Man very angry. But how in the world does Mysterio know? So that that mm. was a that was a down. True. So uh, so that would be my con. Maybe and he's responsible. But, but I give it overall a B. Okay. Maybe he's responsible for the mind wipe and still knows he's Peter Parker. No. <laughs> Who knows? Ooh. You think yeah. so? Uh, you know, uh, that's just something that I just... You know, I never really even thought about that. You know, you know, a, a thing I uh, didn't put together, because we've been through, what, 40 issues or so, uh, is that Mysterio made the world forget that Harry Osborn didn't die, too. I, that, you know what, Zach, you might be onto something. I don't think so, because Spider-Man <laughs> knows about the mind wipe, he knows who he did it with, and he would not have done it with Mysterio. Okay, that's true. I tried. I tried Marvel. I'm just saying. No, I mean, it's it's as legitimate theory as any of them. Kevin, what's your your two cents on this issue? Um, I'm going to kind of agree and and disagree here. Um, My biggest pro, I agree with JR. I'm sick of all the cops being against Spider-Man, and I liked having a cop that that was actually with Spider-Man and knew he was a hero. Uh, My biggest con would be who that cop was. We could have just had a cop like that and not made it somebody who may as well have been wearing a beret and smoking a cigarette. <laughs> um, that making it, you know, oh, I was Gene DeWolf's good friend. That's that's just too far. That's dumb. Um, 
And, I mean, there are other characters languishing out there. I mean, why not Detective Lamont from JMS's run? Whatever happened to him? But remember, um, there's no really reference to JMS after JMS left. Yeah, except Gabriel Stacy's going to be in a miniseries. Ha, ha, ha. One reference out of five years of work. That's huge! It's freaking huge! Well, <laughs> anyway, yeah. point is, I like that there was a cop like that. I don't like what they did with that cop. So that's biggest pro and con. Okay. My grade, I'm with Zach. I'm going with a C-. Okay, Mr. Bailey? I really liked the cover. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I just, I, this whole story is a complete mess. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it was kind of messy in the first issue and this one, they slot just put too much on the table for one issue to contain. And, and, you know, that that's, and normally I would be like, yay, let's, let's not pad it out for the trade. But in this case, he hit it reveal after reveal after reveal. My con who cares that Captain Stacy is back, or might be back, or could be back? You know, Marvel and DC, but Marvel especially has beaten the dead coming back from uh, from the grave thing to death. And just showing Captain Stacy, this was just like, hey, this is supposed to be shocking. And to me, it came off as, hey. Hmm. <laughs> oh, oh, I I need another diet. Mm. Dude, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not that it was badly written. You know, I, I, I said that in my review. You know, it, it was well written. It's just I just am not enjoying this story, and I'll give it a D. Okay. Stella? You know, sometimes I feel really out of sorts when everyone's like, I hate it, and then I really like the issue. It makes me feel weird. That's um, called diversity on the show, I think. I guess, yeah. I just don't want people to think, oh, she's a girl. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I don't really have too much to say about this issue. I thought it really was the best of this month's, this month's bunch. Excuse me. This munch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, there's an interesting side story going on, which is Carly, I think. Think, you know, some people might be aggravated with it, but for the first time, they're actually giving her something to do. So that's why I really like it. And there's a lot of unexpected things that are happening. I thought there was like a lot of shockers, like all of a sudden, you know, um, Silvermane's actually not really dead, or I mean, not really alive. Um, and then, of course, when he grabs Carmine and just uh, kills him like Darth Vader, I thought that was pretty shocking. Um, and then the Aunt May thing might be laid on a little thick, but I guess we'll see uh, where it goes, and I would give it an A. Okay. I'll give it a B-, minus, kind of like I did the previous issue. Uh, the pro I thought was good, witty, spidey dialogue. My favorite line of the book was from Spidey with, quote, Who, whose common sense is tingling. I've never heard him say that. I, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, something tells me I'm in the right place is the end of that quote. And also, I liked him dealing with the death of a human and the consequences. I think it humanizes our main character. So I like that. My con, I still don't give a crap about the gangsters, and now I don't give a crap about Mysterio. And I read Mr. Bailey's review today, and, and um, who the, the gangster looks a lot like Jameson, doesn't he, Bailey? I mean, I, yes. I thought the exact same yes, thing when I, when I read it in your review. I'm like, hell, that's exactly what I was thinking, too. And- and the thing is, is like, the thing that I, I actually cut out because I couldn't make it work is that I know like Ditko drew a lot of characters to look alike, mm-hmm. and that's fine, but nobody, 
not everyone should look like a particular character and seeing the dude looking like Jameson. Seriously, when I first like leafed through the issue, mm-hmm. I was like, why is J. Jonah Jameson working with Mysterio? Yeah. So. And, and when I read it, I had a question. So I'm going to the historian. J.R., when did the big man die? Did he, is he dead? What happened? What was that? Story? Uh, yes, he was, uh, shot, uh, and, uh, I think it was issue 51 or 52. And I'm sure after Bertoni listens to this, he'll give us the exact issue. <laughs> but, uh, but no. As soon as he goes uh, to that torrent. Yeah. Oh. Fa- fa- but, ba- but basically, Foswell, uh, Foswell was starting to deal with the kingpin again. Uh, and, you know, through all kinds of adventures and stuff, the kingpin, you know, sent some goons after Jonah. Mm-hmm. And Foswell said, no, Jonah, you gave me my, my second chance and I'm not going to let this happen. And they shot Foswell. Uh, so it was like, it was in the early 50s that wow. uh, Foswell died. I uh, but actually, we haven't that. seen the, the big man, the real big man since issue 10. That was the only time he appeared. Mm. Uh, but then his daughter actually took up the role for an issue of Marvel team up. But anyway, more than you wanted. So yeah, it was, no, that's exactly what I wanted. And, and I've always thought of the enforcers and I just always wondered what happened to the big man. So the, the enforcers just proceeded without the big man, huh? Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to do some more Spider History. We're going back to, for this month in Spider History, where we're, again, thank you, SamRuby.com, for giving us the reference website. Uh, we're going back to February of 1996. There is a crap load of Spider-Man that came out this month. Yeah. Uh, we'll start off with Amazing Spider-Man, number 408, written by Tom DeFalco and Mark Bagley, Impossible Be My Dream. Do you remember this one, JR? Was this I a good issue? It. Media Blizzard. You have got me this month, Brad. I do. You've absolutely got me. Uh, because I got the, this is like still during the Clone Saga. Mm-hmm. I had given up on Spider-Man during the Clone Saga, uh, for obvious reasons. And <laughs> I went back and bought these, uh, when I got back into Spider-Man and I started doing my website, I said, well, crap, I better go back and get these issues. Mm-hmm. So I bought all the back issues. I read these once. I don't remember what happened. I know it's a Mysterio story and I know they gave him some goofy, you know, back when they were absolutely determined to redo all of Spidey's villains by making the Vulture young and killing Doc Ock and replacing him with a woman, and then they gave Mysterio a, a ridiculous new uh, new look. Um, but yeah, you got me on this one. Well, we got Kevin and Zach who were around this time 14 years ago. Was this a good issue, fellows? Um, this was not a bad issue. This was actually part two. Part one ran in Sensational Spider-Man number one. Which okay. wasn't Sensational's first issue because it was the 90s and they had a zero issue. They learned that from DC, right, Bailey? Yeah. <laughs> no, they learned that from Image. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. But, DC uh, had the zero month to copy Image. Let's 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 give crappy credit where crappy credit is due. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but um, this what was ha- this. What happened in this one, Zach? Um, basically, Mysterio. Comes up, he's revamped obviously in terms of his look, but he also ups the ante and creates a 24-hour entertainment channel that mesmerizes viewers. <laughs> Think wow. Batman Forever. Okay, gotcha. All right, um, and Peter or not Peter Ben <laughs> is trying to is trying to take down Mysterio, and uh, it's in the middle of the winter. Ben is getting his, it really was getting his rear ended handed to him, uh, throughout most of this book, mainly because of, um, Mysterio creating all these sorts of these, uh, you know, 
illusions that were just hammering Spider-Man away. I mean, he, uh, to the point where in this issue, actually, he uh, how he figures out that a lot of things weren't real was that he had some uh, – Mysterio had, had knocked him out, and he put yeah. some uh, some lenses over his Spider-Man lenses, and they cracked. And all he was seeing was like, it's like, my lenses are cracked. And he takes them off, and he realizes, okay, this is all an illusion. Right. So um, it ends with a cliffhanger of him falling. And it leads directly into part three, which is, um, well, adjectiveless Spider-Man number 65. I I love the 90s. Uh, Also came out this month, uh, Spectacular Spider-Man number 231, The Return of Kane, part one of four. Uh, Also has a limited variant cover, which is a beautiful-looking Scarlet Spider by Sal Buscema. Uh, What was the grade on this one, Zach? This good? Uh, this was really, really good because yeah. this was the first time we've seen Kane since he was since uh, Scarlet Spider Unlimited number one. Uh, first time Peter and Ben, uh, Peter and Kane have fought since uh, well, since uh, Adventures of the Spider-Man number sixty. Okay. Uh, they fought together during Maximum Clonage, but uh, he was quote unquote killed by Spider Side with uh, a piece of shrapnel through the chest area. <laughs> also, also this month was Peter Parker 65, uh, written by Howard Mackey, John Romita Jr., Media Blizzard. Man, I can't keep – this is one reason why it's hard to read books in the 90s. This is Media Blizzard part three of three. Okay. The Media Blizzard was three parts. Uh, Return okay. of Kane started this month. Um, you have uh, Amazing Fantasy number 18, which was uh, kind of untold tales type thing. You have, um, let's see what else we have here, uh, because I don't want to get this wrong. <laughs> yeah. uh, I've read Untold Tales of Spire, uh, I'm sorry, eight, uh, Amazing Fantasy number eight. Excellent book. It takes place between Amazing Fantasy uh, 16, 17, and 18 take place between Amazing Fantasy 15 and Amazing Spire number one. Right. Also, uh, also in the book is a character that I think it was underused, which is Jessica Carradine, which is the daughter of the burglar. Which I thought, man, they could really do something with this character. Well, it was a uh, Ben Riley's love interest uh, yeah. at the start of the at the start of his era of Spider-Man, and she left when um, uh, Dan Jurgens left uh, Sensational because it was really her, his character, and he took he kind of gave her a little swan song about five five months later, and. And uh, so she's she's no longer there, and she's she's kind of in character limbo. They could really they really can't explore things because she knew Ben's identity, right? Um, so also came out this month, uh, Web of Scarlet Spider number four four, yeah. which was the technically the last issue of Web of Spider Man, I think, right? Yes, okay. technically. Um, it, it involved the New Warriors. It was. Yeah. Uh, Spider Ben Riley is Spider Man fighting the cybernetic Scarlet, Scarlet Spider. Spider. Yeah, it was awful. Written by Evan Shalnick, who also wrote the New Warriors title, and Paris Hilton. No, Paris Caronas was the art. There's a couple of good. Heck of a pages. way for Webb to go out, I think. Man. Yeah, it was it's pretty much a fail. Uh, there's a couple of good. There's a couple of good shots in there, but not a whole lot. <laughs> also this month, Untold Tales of Spider Man number six, written by Kurt Busiek and Pat Olaf. JR, did you read this one? Did you read Untold Tales back in the day? I read Untold Tales, but I I, I don't remember this one. Anybody so. remember this issue? I actually never read this one. 
Kev, did you read this one? Anybody read this one? I did, but I don't. Uh, I read a, a lot of those, a lot, a lot of the first couple. At least I had a trade of the first several. I just, I don't, I didn't find them memorable at all. I thought they were very bland yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Uh, also came out uh, this month, Sp- Sensational Spider-Man number one, which was Media Blizzard Part One. Carry yeah, the are- two. My goodness. <laughs> <laughs> you had um, Final Adventure number four is an important issue because. Originally, it was supposed to feature um, Spider-Man Mary... going off into the sunset, right? Well, Spider-Man co- going off the sunset, but actually, they were actually going to do Mary Jane loses the baby, and Tom Brevoort comes in and he says, "I'm not going to be the guy that kills off Spider-Man's baby." Right. <laughs> so, yeah. Also, they went back for there. There are literally like ten Spider-Man titles this month. Amazing Fantasy 15. They thought it'd be cute to do issue 16, 17, 18. This one came out, written by Kurt Busiek, Paul Lee. Uh, Beautiful artwork. Yes. Yep. And also Family Plot. Let's see, Family uh-huh. Plot. I think that was the Punisher, wasn't it? The link isn't working for me for some reason. Yeah, it, it, it's the Punisher, and it's Tom Lyle, and it's pretty bad. Yeah. And Mr. Bailey, what do you think of DC versus Marvel number one that came out in this month? <laughs> I have such mixed feelings on this series. <laughs> uh, part of me got really, you know, I got I got really caught up in the hype of it. Mm-hmm. But even at the time, I was like, this is the class president election of a crossover, <laughs> where it's not whoever is right for the job that is going to decide who wins, yeah. but who is the most popular. That said. Uh, I really liked this issue. You know, Peter David and Ron Mars took turns writing this series, and you really can't go wrong with either of those writers. I'm sure Kevin will agree with me, uh, as, uh, at least as far as Ron Mars goes. Uh, that, uh, you know, vehemently agree about, on both of them. Yeah, t- talk about two people that understand both universes. Mm-hmm. You know, with Ron Mars working on Silver Surfer and the Green Lantern at the time. In fact, if you really want to be a completist with this story, you need to pick up the Green Lantern Silver Surfer crossover. Yeah. Because the end of that issue leads pretty much almost directly into this. I remember so, reading Ron Mars' like stuff on Silver Surfer and loving it. What did he go on and do over at DC? Green Lantern, is that what you said? He pretty much uh, created and defined Kyle Rayner. Oh, okay. As a, you know, as a character, uh, I was actually thinking about this today because when I was at Walmart, I saw that they had a T-shirt that is the cover of Green Lantern number forty-nine, which was his second issue on the title. So did Mars uh, leave Silver but, Surfer and go straight to create Kyle Rayner? Is that what happened? I think he was writing them both at the same time. Okay. Well, I understand that he he did pretty much leave Silver Surfer to do Green Lantern because okay. uh, they were looking for somebody to redefine Green Lantern, and they loved his stuff on Silver Surfer, and he was yeah. up for something new at the time, so they hired nice. him right away. Also came out this month, this is the last one we'll talk about, Avengers Time Slide, which is rebooting the Avengers. <laughs> My God, was this a bad book, written by Bob Harris and Terry Cavanaugh. Oh, well, there you go then, right. That that pretty much sums it up right there. You could have just said it was a a crap sandwich, and it would have just come off the same way. And and the book included a very young Peter Parker making a cameo with Aunt May and Uncle Ben, and basically they made Tony Stark a teenager. And uh, Tony killed somebody. I forget. God, I just hated this book at the time. And the art was by Roger Cruz, Luke Ross, and Fabio. Uh, well, not the supermodel, but Laguna. 
And, uh, man, rough stuff right there. So, it was typical 90s. What do you think, guys and gals? Yeah, typical 90s. Typical 90s. Uh, I, I really, I mean, you know, I think, that, personally, I think the 90s gets more of a bad rap than it deserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, but still, this was crap. when you when you read this many Spider-Man titles interacting with so many of them for not very big payoff. I mean, anyway, is there is it any different than what we're doing now? Um, because I, I think the art is better now. Yeah, I I think the, the difference between the '90s and now is there was a sense of desperation in '96 and '95 because the 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 market had just basically crashed into the ground and we uh, from '93 and, and and the effects were just getting to to be felt. Whereas now Marvel's got an engine going. They've got a they've got a, a a vision. They know how to do things. I mean, them going into this whole you know, well, everyone's going to be heroes again. That really isn't different from well, every all the heroes are going to have a bad day, or all the heroes are going to get a hangnail. I mean, yeah. it's just, I, I think it's different just in the fact that they're a little more com- more confident in what they're doing. Cool. All right, that wraps it up. We're going to do uh, real quick recommendations from everybody, as we always do at the end of the show. Uh, Stella, what's your recommendations for the month? Uh, my literature recommendation for the month will be uh, The Odyssey by the blind poet Homer. Um, oh! <laughs> sorry, I couldn't resist. I'm so <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I'm just about to about to finish it, um, and it basically it follows Odysseus, uh, one of the heroes from the Trojan War. He was on the side of the Greeks, and it's um, his journey, his ten year journey, trying to get back to Ithaca after the Trojan War and everything that he encounters. Um, so, I mean, it's a classic. Uh, I've read. I was I was going to say I read a, a bit in Greek, but I don't think I have. I've read some of the Iliad in Greek, but this was all in English, so I do recommend. Hopefully, you'll find a good translation. There are some crappy ones out there, but th- that would be my uh, recommendation. Cool. Mr. Bailey, what do you recommend this month? Um, I will recommend buying cheap comics. <laughs> uh, I, I went to a comic show last weekend, and I managed to get... Uh, a bunch of comics, including the Marvel Index to the Amazing Spider-Man issues one through six. I've got that. <laughs> and the first two shocking, uh, and the first two, uh, two series of official handbook of the Marvel Universe, mm-hmm. all at fifty cents a piece. Wow. So uh, yeah, very happy to get that. Uh, food-wise, because I-, I like to copy you, Brad. Thank you very much. I am going to recommend Hershey's Special Dark. Reese's Pieces. Ooh, those are good, aren't they? Uh, I'm a fan of Reese's Pieces and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. I saw these in the store today when my wife and I were out, and the dark chocolate Reese's Pieces are awesome. I will also uh, I will also recommend Walmart, only because <laughs> no, only because they've had four packs of soda for a dollar a piece. Yeah, so you can get a twelve pack of Diet Mountain Dew. Yes, the sir. official sponsor of the. Uh, Spider-Man Crawl Space Podcast. I wish. Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> that would be some sweet money. Um, you can get a 12-pack for 3 bucks. So, And usually at Walmart and other places, a Pepsi or Coke 12-pack, it's just like, you know, your firstborn. So. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. May sound like silly, but those are my rumors. I liked my it. I liked it. We have a lot in common, sir. Kevin, <laughs> what's your recommendations for the month? 
I'm going to go with uh, two comics I've recently caught up on uh, and a TV show that I recently caught up on. Um, I finally switched from trades to singles on both Invincible Iron Man and Thor Hell since yeah. our last podcast. Uh, Thor, I was just going to switch to singles when Fraction came on, but I wanted to catch up before Siege, and there's still not a solicitation for the third Straczynski trade, so I've gotten this, finished off the Straczynski, and I read the Kieran Gillen issues, and uh, you've got to pick up that book. Especially when Straczynski writes it, it's it's like if Shakespeare was writing a comic book today, this is exactly what the hell he would be writing. And really... I love Kieran Gillen, but I wasn't expecting him to be able to follow up JMS very well, but it's almost like JMS never left. I mean, he just continues it perfectly. Um, so that's that's a really good book you should pick up, especially for Siege, because it's a lot of the origins of Siege. Uh, Invincible Iron Man, I loved the second trade so much, I immediately went and got the entire series on eBay. And, dear God, that's a good book. And uh, Matt Fraction was born to write Iron Man. It's like he popped out of the womb and said, I'm going to write some kick-ass Iron Man stories. <laughs> uh, it's it, it's really astounding. It's amazing. He uses Maria Hill uh, much better than anybody ever has. Um, it's funny. Bendis will create a character and not do much with him, and then somebody else will develop him. It's like Layla Miller and X-Factor. Bendis created her, but Peter David defined her. Same thing with Maria yeah. Hill here. Um it's just a fantastic book. You've got to read it. Uh, best Iron Man I've ever read, seriously. The only thing that comes close is Warren Ellis' Extremis arc. Um, and my last recommendation, I, f- I caught a marathon when it came back of White Collar on USA. Um, I wasn't I wasn't really expecting much from that show. I didn't think it looked that great, but my dad kept talking it up the whole time it was on, so I went ahead and took a look at it. And it's it's a really good show. Uh, it's a lot of fun. They have a good dynamic between the main characters. Um, there is some ongoing plot starting to get built in there, but uh, it's every every episode has its own story. It's just it's a really entertaining, satisfying thing to watch. Great characters going on in there. Um, I just I, I'm really enjoying that show a lot, and I wasn't expecting to. So if you weren't turned on by the previews like I wasn't, go ahead and give it a shot. It's a fun show. And it's got my childhood crush on there, Tiffany Amber Thiessen, in the show, too. Yep, yep. I've been, I've been meaning to say something to you about that. <laughs> of course, do you think this this older schlub could really have scored Tiffany Amber Thiessen? Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> Kelly That's Kapowski. the most realistic part of the whole show. Yeah, I agree. But it's got Kelly Kapowski on it. Come on now. <laughs> uh, JR, recommendation, sir. Well, um, I actually don't have any other than uh, I think I, I recommend doing your taxes with TurboTax. Uh, oh, but, yeah. But... Uh, no, I, I haven't really done or read anything interesting. Uh, I did want to comment on White Collar, though. Both my daughter and my wife love that show. They are both in love with, what's his name, Matt Boomer or whatever, who plays the, the, the lead, the con you man. Yeah, and I, if, uh, you've ever, if anybody's ever seen Chuck, it's the same actor that played Chuck's college roommate, Bryce Larkin. He was up for Superman, is that what you said, Bailey? Uh-huh. He was, he when uh, Brett Ratner was doing was going to do the film he uh he was up for it and if he beefed up i could really see it personally yeah i could i could really see that that would be good maybe in the so with brandon ruth that's for sure yeah uh let's no 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 no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh anything else jr no okay zach you recommend snow shovels i know that jr <laughs> yes <laughs> zach anything no. for you buddy um i'm gonna recommend I was going to recommend White Collar, but uh, somebody – I think I recommended it last month, so I'm glad Kevin took me up on my recommendation. You should recommend Blue Collar Comedy. There you go. Look at that. Um, yeah, 
<laughs> I, I do. I do like that. I do like the. I, I prefer the. I don't prefer the blue collar comedy. I prefer like their individual. Yeah. Um, comedy albums, but um, I'm, I'm going to recommend another show that Kevin recommended last month. I went back and and, and finished up my uh, my catching up on Chuck, and oh my gosh. Oh yes, is, it's good. I mean, uh, and they're using Brandon Ralph, <laughs> and uh, you know. To their credit, they took two. They took three episodes to, before they made a Superman reference. Uh, yeah, but they also waited until they could make a Superman reference to Kristen Kruk, who made, who played Lana Lang, which is just gold. Yes, yes. Um, I missed that. What'd they say? Um, oh, it was just a little toss-off joke of uh, Kristen Kruk is kind of a romantic interest for Chuck right now, and uh, they were looking at. They saw Brandon Routh on the screen, and he said, "Yeah, I guess he's okay if you go for those Supermany types." <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Which so I mean that was that was kind of a stroke of a stroke of, of brilliance there. And uh, but I'm also going to recommend one more thing, and that would be Spider.com. I'll just I'll just plug myself. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! All right. Uh, and the Clone Saga Chronicles podcast, right. which has the latest episode up now. My recommendations: a video game, a TV show, a food product, and a website. First one: video game God of War, where you get both games on one uh, Blu-ray disc. Stella has it; has is already farther ahead than I am. <laughs> Great game, isn't it? I enjoy it. Oh yeah, for sure. And uh, it's very bloody, but uh, very enjoyable. I bought it uh, last weekend and uh, like it a lot. TV show Lost is back and very strong, I think. I watched the two-hour opening, and I'm one episode behind, but I like the new twist that they're doing this year. So check out Lost on ABC on, I think, Tuesdays, isn't it? Or is it Wednesdays? It's on Tuesdays now. Tuesdays, Tuesdays at 9. Got it. Uh, the food and product. it's awesome. Isn't it, though? I'm loving it, dude. Yeah. Uh, food product, special case cereal with chocolate chunks. <laughs> My wife bought this, and I've had like three bowls in a week. Uh, have you guys had this cereal? No. It's got it's got little chocolate chunks in it. It's like Frosted Flakes with chocolate in it. They had a chocolate Frosted Flakes about ten, about five years ago, Brad. This is like little bars of chocolate in your cereal, which is just like just let Brad have this moment. <laughs> okay, Bailey. Yes, yes, Professor Bailey. Hey kids, you want your teeth to rot? Here's some Hershey bars in your morning cereal. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. When I was a kid, I was disappointed that they put the oats in Lucky Charms. Just make it a whole marshmallow cereal, you know? Anyway. It's a bad call, Ripley. Bad call. <laughs> and I'll do a little Spidey Dude like he did. Uh, I'm going to pimp out our Facebook page. Last month, I asked the podcast listeners to put us over the 300 mark of fans for the Spider-Man Crawl Space fan page, and you guys did it. So thank you very much. We're at 306 fans that like our website. So, I'm throwing the gauntlet down again. <laughs> Get a gauntlet. Anyway, uh, let's hit 400 by March. Do you think we can do it? I hope we can. So. One million strong for the Crawl Space. <laughs> All you have to do. And if you're going to go ahead and fan the Crawl Space page anyway, there's also a Clone Saga Chronicles page and a Kevin Cushing page that you can cruise by while you're at it. Okay. Hey, okay. Kevin. <laughs> the, the pimping Total is getting plan. out of control. My goodness. Uh, yeah, all you have to do, type in Spider-Man in Facebook. 
And that wraps up our second show for February. We have one more show for Feb that's coming up in a few days. And that show, we answer your message board questions. But before we go, I want to thank our sponsor, MailOrderComics.com. They're still accepting orders for February, and a special this month is Peter Parker, number two. Now, the cover price is $2.99. Mail order has it for $1.49. So check them out at MailOrderComics.com. Thanks for listening, gang. I appreciate it. And for the Spider-Man Crawlspace.com, I'm Brad Douglas. <laughs> <laughs>